0: At SAFM Radio and at Mesh Constant on SAFM. 20 past 8 you are with SAFM 104 to 107 getting out and about and if you're in KwaZulu-Natal or on any coastal uh, village or town or city then you may be already out on the waves or getting out onto the waves to go surfing because it's a perfect day certainly here in Joburg, but hope it is down there as well. You just heard a snippet from a short documentary that's called The Spiderweb and it pays tribute to Matthew Murphy also known as Spider Murphy. And he's an iconic surfer, but also surfboard shaper who's based in Etiqueni, Durban. We've got him on the line. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Good morning, and thanks for having me, Michelle.
0: Geez, I'll tell you, you are a bit of an icon when it comes to surfing, but I did have a laugh when I listened to the documentary and you spoke about uh, the early days where you just got your mother's cheese grater and a bread knife and started to shape your board. Two things there. Um why is the board shape necessary for the kind of surfing that one needs to do and what kind of shape is critical?
1: So you, you have a lot of different breaks and certain boards work at those breaks. So what we've got to do, we've got to customise them. So you'll take Durban, which has a flatter board and smaller waves, and you'll take Cave Rock and, at Brighton Beach here, which is which has stronger waves, so you're out more of a gunny-shaped board. So... Um, um, I came from Brighton Beach. That's where I grew up and learned to surf. And then later I went back to the Burton Beach break because it was more critical and uh, technical. Where you know uh, it was really high performance surfing, and then you could go out into the world and surf those other breaks to you know adjust your style and also your 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 in the surfboard as well.
0: So for people who don't know surf lingo, there's a couple of words that uh, come up in the documentary. You've used one of them as well, the break. Explain to our listeners what a break is for a surfer and also thereafter, what a grommet is. <laughs> so
1: um, our, our sort of well-known sort of uh, slang word would be stoked. So stoke means, um, you know, you like super happy to go surfing and and your breaks when you surf, is, uh, you just, break has a name so we'll have North Beach which is the popular one of the popular breaks in Durban and then you've got New Pier which was a new pier that was built in, in the 80s going into the 90s and there was Bay of Plenty which was a very famous break where Sean Thompson learned to tube ride so um, all those breaks have names and then um, and you've got Cave Rock also, which is a sort of a big wave spot which uh, you've got to be um, you know once you've once done on your time in, in, in the Durban break, then you can go adventure out to cave rock. like another whole uh, level.
0: You know, Matthew, you, you'd mention in the documentary, and I think it's quite poignant, you mention the fact that people often talk about great surfers. You spoke about Sean Thompson. But they don't always realise that a great surfer is never a great surfer unless they have a great board. Talk yes. to us about that relationship.
1: So that relationship is so important where um you know, I surf, I, 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 I learn about the design and the technique of surfing. And then we look out for uh, good surfers who, who look like they got potential. And then, so Sean Thompson came to me. He actually won a prize. from um, and, and anyway, yeah, and the prize was to, was to get a board from me when I first started the bari And so I made him, him and Mark Thompson surfboards, and they liked him. So from that day, they turned to me for the equipment. And then from there on, you know, they what um, when they're when they good surfers, suddenly, suddenly you get that energy, you know, you get so inspired to get on this role where it just takes you to the top of the world. It's just incredible.
0: So, Matthew, I actually spoke to my brother who lives in the States, and I know yes. that when he was a kid, he was a surfer as well, Marco. So yes. I asked him if he had ever um, surfed on... Um, a spider murphy surfboard a spider surfboard or a safari surf uh, yes. surfboard and he sent this message back to me
2: hi fief good to hear from you that's great that you're interviewing spider wow that'd be amazing i'd love to be a fly on the wall send me the podcast when you finished um yeah and you know i never had the opportunity of owning a spider board and it was always a uh was always a problem for me because I remember hanging out with the guys, guys down at the bay. It and uh, they were all surfing. Mark, Mark uh, Price, and all those guys—they were all surfing, uh, spider boards. Yeah, no luck for me. I couldn't afford them, so we had to. I had to buy old, use whatever used board I could get. <laughs> um, but Christoph had a board with the with the, the Rising Sun, the Japanese Rising Sun on it and it was a great board. I think I got more waves with him on that board than he ever did. And I used to surf it as much as I could. It was a fantastic board. I could never get him to give it to me. And uh, I think we played cards for it once and I lost the game, so I definitely wasn't gonna get the board. (laughs) Anyway, um, it's, uh, yeah, what an honor to speak to him. That would be an amazing interview. Um, Yeah, I just hope you enjoy it and uh, look forward to hearing was hearing all about it at the end of it. Love you. Bye.
0: So Matthew that uh, is someone who loved your board but never actually got onto it together. Uh, okay. So I it, I think that what what comes out of that as well though is that everybody was like going okay we really need to get this kind of board and certainly in the documentary you get a sense of everybody who had the opportunity and really was very lucky to to get one of those boards and what kind of difference do you think it made to the surfing scene at that time?
1: So, um, I'm sorry, I've offered you talking to you. Anyway, um, um, I was I a little bit tangled up with, uh, with a question here, sorry.
0: Oh, Matthew, I was just saying, like, having a board like that, um, how different was it to other boards and what kind of an influence did it have on the surfing scene?
1: So, so what I did was, I gave the guys more attention, and that's what it is. Uh, take everybody's experience. It doesn't matter if they're world champions or beginners. They, it means a lot to them to get the correct board for them. So if the guys are a beginner, I've got to make sure that uh, I look at the top of the world. I say, okay, that's your direction, and this is where you are now. So you can take those steps to as far as you can go, as far as your ability is concerned. And, uh, and then so I find out what their level of surfing is. And then I design their board for that. So a lot of those uh, surfers, they need assistance for paddling. So they've got to have the volume. And then you don't want to hinder the paddling speed. So we foil the rails nicely and add those little things that are going to make the board accelerate. And and then I give them, you know, the dimensions are really important. Uh, so we work that out with the volume as well. And... Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's such an important thing in somebody's life to have a board that suits them. Because if you give them the wrong board, they may just they may just say, "Oh, this is not for me." And if you give them the right board, they'll oh, hang on, shit, I love the sport." So that's the difference, and uh, and that's how the sport grows, and that's how it has grown over the years. And uh, I'm always available to give the guys that attention yeah. and also that uh, that relationship as well. So. I've actually streamlined my business where I have a CNC machine and that cuts it to, So I will actually work seven days a week, and I work. <laughs> I'm working all the time, but it's not really a job; it's a hobby. You know, I've always looked look at this as a hobby since since I was at school, and uh, and it's been an amazing, amazing uh, journey. And I, I must say, I've never bored of it because I keep it interesting the whole time, and. Um, and all these people that I, that I communicate with, you know, we are going on to watch stuff so they have all their dresses. And when they ask for new boards, I I go back to their, their, all their um, details, their weight, their height, the two size, experience, sure. things like that. So, that's, so uh, that all comes into it and, and, and you end up designing them the perfect board. So... Yeah.
0: Matthew, um, I do have to ask you. Um, you're, yes. you're, you started surfing at sixteen. You um, were making boards for many decades. You still are. Yes. You are, are seventy-six now. You still surf, and I, I, I always feel like we need to hear from surfers what it is about that experience that is just so incredible. I mean, I've done, you know, surfed very badly a few times, gone for lessons, yes. and but yes. that moment for you guys. Yes. When you're barreling through a tube or something, yes. just ex- describe that for our listeners. Yes.
1: So, uh, what is it? You know, we, we learned in the 60s and we came through the ranks. And um, as, as uh, time goes on, mores develop and they get better and better and better. They go faster and easier to ride and faster to paddle. So, if you. Uh, don't follow that let's say you stay on the old board then you're going to stay on that old board you're not going to develop anyway but if you go with the new equipment then all of a sudden you start to improving your surfing and now you get expired now you get that thrill you get that 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 thrill where you um when you you're feeling different things now and uh, so for me every day i can't wait to go surfing it's it's crazy but it's that's how it is. And and the fitter I am, the more I enjoy my surfing. And then skateboarding is a big thing as well, but not not uh, going in skate parks, but skateboarding on the promenade. So we have a routine every day. So I'll get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I, I, pre- I prepare all my food for the day. So, so as healthy as I can, you know, I um, have smoothies and as much vegetables as possible. And then I run through my little training program, which is only 15. 16 minutes, and then when I get in my car, I drive down to the beach, and then we skateboard up and down the promenade to see where the best break is. So you've got an amazing promenade, and uh, and your break is from the Bay of Plenty, North Beach, uh, Newt and the wedge area. So we, we check out those breaks, and at the same time we're exercising, practicing our certain maneuvers on the skateboard, and then we go back, grab our changes that wedges and paddle out and with whichever break we decide to paddle out from. And, uh, and it's exciting because we make new designs and we go wow what's it what's this going to do now now you're seeing yeah. all these different things and and that's that's why we still that's why I'm still searching today just because I've kept my life as clean as possible and uh, and uh, another thing too in Durban I don't know why but i mean I've, I've traveled around the world we come back to Durban, it's so beautiful it's yesterday and the day before we experienced the most incredible sunrise in it I mean, the sun was shining on the horizon and it had that, that, that orange path all the way right into the, the, where, the, where the water sort of met the beach. And I was taking photos of all the guys uh, coming out the water and it was incredible. It was just Amazing. like another world.
0: <laughs> Spider Murphy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, the yeah. documentary is called The Spider Web. You can find it on YouTube, paying tribute to Matthew Murphy, uh, an iconic surfboard shaper based in Durban.